Welcome to the latest podcast from Greyfriars Church in Reading. Our vision is to see Reading transformed by the love and power of Jesus. If you'd like to find out more, head online to our website, greyfriars.org.uk. Enjoy. Well, it's August. I don't know about anyone else, but it feels like that's come up quite quickly. Um, Today, we start a new sermon series called The Power of Ordinary Lives. The word ordinary is defined as being with no special or distinctive features, normal, or what is commonplace or standard. Actually, I'm not sure if Ruth's life could be totally described as ordinary. Many women were widowed at that time, but the normal thing would have been to return to their own home. Ruth actually made a choice out of love to do something out of the ordinary. Through the story of Ruth, we'll look at how a life lived for others above all else brought glory to God across many generations and how we can think about how through our own lives, however ordinary they may seem, we can play our part in the bigger story of God's goodness and his eternal story. We're looking at the power of God at work in our ordinary everyday lives, how he's involved even when we're not aware of him. So today we start with Ruth chapter one. First, let's look at how we find Naomi. We come to this passage in a time where things were very hard for the Israelite people. They were dark, difficult days. They hadn't listened to God and they made a lot of bad choices. This is during the days of the judges whom God had sent to help lead in difficult times. There was a lot of hostility and hardship. So it would have been a tough time to live even if your circumstances hadn't turned out like they did for Naomi, Ruth and Orpah. There was a famine. And in order to try and survive, Naomi and her husband and her two sons moved to Moab. Not a place they would ordinarily have gone to. Naomi's husband dies and her sons get married to two Moabite women, Orpah and Ruth. Sadly, Naomi's sons then die too, leaving Naomi feeling sad and lonely, but being cared for by her daughters-in-law. When things had begun to improve, they decided to go back to head home, so Naomi told her daughters-in-law to stay behind. Both wanted to stay with Naomi, but she insists that they go back to their own families and carry on with their lives. Orpah goes, but Ruth insists she will stay. Naomi is battered by life. She's lost her husband and her sons, and she feels sad, lonely, and disconnected from God. For Naomi, it's like she started on a road with God But then she felt like she lost her way. She didn't know where she was going and what was ahead. She found it hard to imagine where God could take her life or where he even was. She felt disconnected from him. But we know that God knew what her life looked like. He was with her and he had incredible plans for her life. But that's for later in the sermon series. So let's now have a look at Ruth. Naomi asks Ruth to go back to her mother's home but Ruth refuses to leave. In verse 16 and to 18, it says, But Ruth replied, Don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people. And your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. When Naomi realised that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. Ruth shows remarkable loyalty. She lays down her opportunity to return to her home country, to remarry and to pursue her own happiness and fulfilment. 
She chooses to actively demonstrate her love for Naomi, and it's clear that she cares deeply about Naomi's heart. She also chooses to follow God by not returning to Moab and her old religion. The choice she's making is huge. It has a huge impact on what the rest of her life could look like. This is radical love, as Ruth shows God's love and faithfulness through her own actions. There are three things I wanted to share, which struck me this week as I studied this passage. And I'm going to theme these around chocolate bars, mainly just because it gives me the opportunity for a nice snack later. So firstly, radical love is costly. Like giving up your last Rolo. Does anyone remember that Rolo advert? It ran for 20 years apparently, until they thought it was too sentimental. I've been doing a little bit of research, I don't just know everything about Rolos. Um, the question asked at the end of the advert was, do you love anyone enough to give them your last Rolo? Obviously the implication being that it's a big deal to love someone enough to give them your last Rolo. It's a costly kind of love. By making a choice to stay with Naomi, it looked like Ruth was probably choosing not to remarry. She chose to share love and faithfulness towards Naomi, knowing that this meant not returning to her own home, knowing it meant that her prospects weren't very promising, knowing that she was making a decision which could affect the rest of her life. Her love was radical and it was costly and she was demonstrating how God loves us. God's love for us cost him his son. Jesus died on the cross because he loved us enough to die. We're called to love like God loves us. Loving each other like God loves us is costly. In 1 John 4, 9 to 11 and verse 16, it says, This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. And verse 16 goes on. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. God's love for us is costly and sacrificial and that's how we're called to love. Do we love like that? Are we willing to love like that? One of the other ways that we see the cost for Ruth is that even after she shows this incredible act of radical love for Naomi, Naomi is still bitter. In fact, she even changes her name to Mara, which means bitter in Hebrew, as she laments all that's happened to her. Naomi is still in a place of disconnection from God and she's focusing on all the hard stuff. Ruth's display of love is a challenge for us not to just speak words, but to show love in action by living in a way that shows God's love and faithfulness to those who think God has left them or to those who don't know God. But even more than that, the challenge is to keep loving in that way, even when those we love don't respond how we might expect, with gratitude perhaps, or even when we don't actually see them change at all. That is definitely costly. God loves us unimaginably. No matter what we do to separate ourselves from him, that's the love we're called to act in. 
to love others because God has loved us in that way, not because we expect anything in return, knowing that we might not even get to see the impact that that love has in a person's life. I took a funeral service earlier this week where there were many wonderful stories shared about the gentleman who died. And one of them was a dear friend of his who said, he was the kind of man who would have done anything for those he loved. I know that he would have put his life on the line for me. In my life, I can count the people who I know would risk their life for me on one hand. And he was one of those people. And he literally counted on his hand as he did it. I just thought, wow, that was so impactful. Can we honestly say that we love like that? Do we think that anyone would count us on one hand as part of the list of people who actually love them enough to lay down their lives for them? Do we love anyone enough? Oh, it's the wrong way around for you anyway, isn't it? But do we love anyone enough to give them our last Rolo, if you know what I mean. Loving like God loves us is powerful, which brings me on to my second chocolate. Anyone like a ripple? It has a ripple effect, like ripples across water or through chocolate, spreading out further and further and having an impact. The ripple effect throughout the book of Ruth is Jesus. Ruth's radical choice to leave Naomi and stay with her ultimately leads to Jesus. You'll hear later in our sermon series how Ruth's bold act of love interplayed with God's purpose and will as part of his big plans for Naomi and Ruth's life and for their family. How we read the genealogy at the end of Ruth in chapter 4 and see down to David, knowing that ultimately that line then leads to Jesus. But even before that, while still on that journey... Boaz recognises Ruth's loving character, the choice that she made to stay with Naomi, and he chooses to care for and protect her. He then goes on to marry her in chapter four, actively choosing her because of her character. As God continued to work in Ruth's life, it was like that ripple effect. Ruth's kindness, love, and generosity of spirit, God's love, are recognised by Boaz and he makes a bold choice, which I won't talk about anymore because you will hear about it later this month. How many times have we watched someone love another person well and then we've been impacted by it? How has seeing love in action affected our own actions and choices? Just the other day, I took our four-year-old to the shop to pick up a few bits. It was a sweltering hot day and he asked if we could get some ice cream. So he chose a, a pack of five ice lollies. As we headed outside, my son proudly carrying his ice lollies, there was a gentleman sat on the floor wearing all black, a big hoodie and jeans and he had a big beard and his bags of belongings were by his side. He must have been really warm. And I saw him but if I'm honest, I did little more than glance up and keep us moving towards the car. My son, however, stopped and said, It's super hot. Do you think that, that man would like one of our ice lollies? I said he could give him one, and he did, and they had a little chat. 
and as we wandered away, my son said, I think that will have made him happy. Do you think that other people will look at him and think, where did he get his ice lolly from? It challenged me. Seeing my kids' love in action challenged me to think about how I could be more loving. His pondering afterwards, which went on long into the day, made me wonder if it would also make others think about how they could show love. And I wondered how the love my son had demonstrated would have impacted the man. It was such a simple act of love in the ordinariness of our everyday, but it had a ripple effect. We love others because we want to display God's love in all its splendour. We love because he first loved us. And I wonder if we really understood God's love for us, then would we be consistently loving others better? It seems a little ridiculous to me that we're not when I think about it. I don't know about you, but my prayer is that God's love impacts me in such a way that I can't help but act out of that place, creating ripples which wash over others. But the thing is, it's not just a single realisation of God's love that we need. It's a constant washing over us of his love so that it overflows from us, impacting others. It's making a choice to rest in his love, to spend time in his presence, asking him daily to overwhelm us with his love so that we cannot help but share it with others. It's hard to love like that, but it's so powerful. Even when we don't see the impact, God is always at work. Which brings me to my third thought. God is at work in the everyday. Even when we can't see it, he's working. But, like a whisper, we can miss it. Naomi missed God at work. She missed God's love working through Ruth in that moment. How often do we miss God at work in the everyday? Ruth made an extraordinary choice in the midst of her ordinary day-to-day life. Sometimes we can feel like an ordinary life is lesser somehow. Lockdown has been an interesting leveller for all of us because even those that we might deem to have extraordinary lives have become more ordinary. My husband Pete was listening to a podcast this week where Peter Crouch, who's a footballer, was chatting to Prince William and they were both sharing how they were homeschooling their kids. Even royalty are homeschooling their kids and they're still struggling with it. Whether we feel like our lives look ordinary or not, it's not actually about what they look like. God is at work whether our lives seem totally mundane or completely full of adventure. The more we're aware of God at work in our lives, the more we're aware of his love for us and the more that we're ready to share that. I find that kids are especially good at this. We had a socially distanced play date recently and I challenged my friend's kid to come up with one thing that she was thankful to God for in that moment. She came up with 10 and I think she probably could have kept going actually. And they included things like being able to go to the toilet and wash her hands and just the fact we were even having the conversation was on her list. Kids are so great at sharing God in the little things and thanking him for those. Our son often rejoices at how God has healed a cut and our tendency as parents might be to say, well, actually, 
This is how the body works and it, it's designed to heal itself. But he sees God's power and love at work in the normal everydayness that we come to so often take for granted. And ultimately we would say, you know, it was God that designed the body and that's where it's from. But I think they're just so able to just say, this is what God is doing and just to name it and be thankful for those things. And New Hope also do this so well when they share testimonies and they just tell each other what they've seen God doing. How often in our everyday do we just see God at work and just talk about it and just share it with each other? For a funeral I took a while ago, I remember trying to decide whether to put a blessing in at the end or not, and then which one to use. At the end of the service, one of the family came up to me and asked, how could I possibly have known that that was her absolutely favourite blessing. She was so desperately sad that she couldn't hug me. This was early on in lockdown. And the words that I'd chosen had impacted her so deeply. She was so grateful. And it would have been easy to dismiss that as a happy coincidence in something as mundane as choosing the words to read. But it was so clearly God at work. Do we recognise God at work in our ordinary day-to-day lives? Do we hear his whisper? Do we spend time looking for him, connecting with him, asking him to share more of his love with us and others? As I draw to a close in a moment, I just wanted you to remi- wanted to remind you of those three things and offer some questions for us to think on and respond to. Firstly, are we willing to love radically like God loves us? And what might that practically look like in our lives? Secondly, Will we ask God to constantly reveal his love to us so we continue to see and trust that his love will create ripples as we share it? Do we know the power of his love? And thirdly, are we aware of God at work in the everyday? Because he is always at work.